Hope Over Hype is a podcast that shares the stories of ordinary people who are serving an extraordinary God. I hope you're in a place where you can dance because it is about to get hype. I am so excited to be here and to do this, and I'm excited to have my good friend Andrew Kinzer here. Um, He is one of the greatest people that I know, and I admire him so much. Um, He has such an incredible heart for the Lord, Um, and we have known each other for, what, five years? Five years, yeah. We met in college. Our friend groups kind of intersected at a few times, and then we served on Campus Ministries, Mm -hmm. For a year, Mm -hmm. Um, I was a coordinator and you were over, what, events Events, uh, and retreats. Um, And now we have become adult friends, I feel like. Yeah, real life friends. Yeah, Yeah. like we hang out at church and outside of church. Waffle Mania. Yeah, Waffle Mania. Shab Circus. Yeah. Lots of events. Yeah. So it's been really fun um, just to get to walk through the past few years with him. And I said that I wasn't going to share this story, but I'm going to share the story anyways. But <laughs> when I think about Andrew, I think about when we served on campus ministries together. And since I was the coordinator, I had individual visits with each one of the people who served. And so one of the days that I was meeting with Andrew, I had something very special happen to me. And I legit am not making this up. I got bit by a donkey and one of the craziest things that's happened to me, but I remember that Andrew came in. This was shortly after this happened. And I was like, okay, this will be good small talk to get started this off with. And so I was like, Andrew, you'll never guess what happened to me. So I got bit by a donkey today. I will never forget. He was so serious. And he was like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And he would not stop saying that. I was like, yes, I did. He was like, you don't have to make stuff up. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't know. But that's what I think about because you are the most stubborn <laughs> person that I know, but I love that about you. So, yeah. um, but I'm just really excited to have him on here and we're just going to jump in and just tell me a little bit about what makes Andrew, Andrew. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a question. There's a lot of things that I could say and anybody could say to answer that. But I mean, like I could talk about, you know, like the ability to remember song lyrics or office references or like how much I hate peppy people really early in the morning. Yeah. Um, I feel that. But I think truthfully, like at the core, um, to really get real, like there's the, the most defining trademark like characteristic about myself is this really deep, um, desire or craving for success um for achievement and Mm -hmm. and to be seen as a success to be seen as someone who has a lot of achievements and that works itself out in a lot of ways um and it comes from a lot of reasons um but i think for our our just to honestly look at what aspect what trait determines the most about what makes me the way that i am Mm -hmm. it would be this really deep need to achieve or to be seen as a success um you know you'd be an an enneagram person or or a myers-briggs person or whatever it is and there's a lot of different ways to look at it but yeah i think deep down it all kind of comes back to that for me 
Um, we, we can talk a lot later about, um, you know, kind of where that came from and how it works itself out. But for sure, I think at, at, at my core of what is Andrew, what is it, what is a Andrew, um, <laughs> I would say probably that's, that's the most defining trademark. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your friends, kind of the people that you spend the most time with and their dynamic. Yeah. Um, so family, I, I grew up with my mom, my older sister, um, in Greenville, South Carolina, and um, my parents were divorced, and so I live with mom, and, and both of them are really incredible people. Uh, mom played a much larger role in my life than probably for a lot of other people, um, because she was, you know, she was the main um, parent, and, and I can't, I couldn't express enough um, about the good that she is and mm-hmm. that she's brought to my life. Yeah. Um, she'll never get the credit that she really deserves for the sacrifices that um, she made. And my sister, my older sister, um, was always brilliant in school and um, mm-hmm. and in athletics and, and in work. And so as I grew up, it was, she wasn't like this, she wasn't just the standard that I wanted to hit. Like she was yeah. the standard that I wanted to break yeah. over, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and so that was my mom, my sister. I grew up with them, and my my dad um, is, you know, is definitely a great man. Um, he's incredibly intelligent and exceptionally gifted and 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 hardworking. Um, and he really does want, you know, you can see he really does want good for people, and and has always um, given so much to to me and to my sister to my, to our family. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality was that he just wasn't there growing up yeah. um, the way that, you know, a young boy like myself really needed or, um, you know, the way that I craved. Yeah. Um, and so very early on, like kind of like my sister, I took this interest in sports and um, with him only coming, you know, certain weekends, um, it, all, it, it often happened that he was there whenever there was a tournament, whenever mm-hmm. something uh, you know, we were playing baseball, playing soccer, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about this more as well, but that kind of set up our relationship, especially as I grew up, to be one in which I wanted him to look at me and see me being a success mm-hmm. in in the fields that he was spending time with me on, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. Um, and And I thought, even though I didn't really realize it, that, being seen by him as a success would fill that hole of the affirmation that, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking for, yeah. um, from, from a father figure. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my dad and I've got grandparents and cousins, the rest of the family who are all amazing and, and they've been blessings in, in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. but beyond family, you know, I went, um, from kindergarten all the way through senior year, um, of high school with pretty much the same group of friends, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a group. It's a, a group of guys, unlike any other. You know, there's like ten of us or so who still talk, um, you know, almost every day. And mm-hmm. um, and then since college, um, I've had you know a few really tight friendships that um, you know have helped me to grow up a lot in a very short period of time and really yeah. um, shaped the way that you know I developed out on my own. Um, and so, you know, looking at the people who are around me, I've been incredibly blessed in a lot of ways to have 
community that, you know, I'm lucky enough not, you know, maybe not as many people are able to have. So. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, tell me about your job, what you do for a living, and what you love about that. Yeah, so leading off of the, the people who were around me, there was one day um, one of those close friends uh, named Austin and I, we found ourselves at a place called um, Hope Community Church mm-hmm. when we were in college one Sunday. Um, and the first Sunday we were there, we showed up and, and we looked at each other after the service and said, mm-hmm. um, this was where we wanted to be. And so we yeah. went and talked to the people who were on stage, um, we, were, we were both musicians and said, you know, we want to be here. How can we uh, serve? Um, which, you know, we say, how can we serve? How can we be on stage was where it was at <laughs> yeah. that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, fortunately, um, you know, flash forward from there, from leading worship once a month. And we you know, have both found ourselves employed there, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. now I'm the creative director um, at Hope and... That basically means that I handle a lot of the things that you see at church mm-hmm. um, on a Sunday or just throughout the week. So you think about, you know, you show up to church on a Sunday morning and you come in through the parking lot and you see um, a team guiding you there. And then you come in contact with a team of greeters who are wearing certain T-shirts that have been designed in a certain way to convey a certain message and um then you come into your seat and you see, you know, information and cards and stuff that are um, there. And then you, you know, worship starts and you see lights and, and um, you know, production and, um, you know, videos and stuff on screen. And, and all of that kind of comes out of this one desire that we have to give hope, to create community and, and to be the church. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that I'm able to to work on, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, all this job that it, it, it allows me to use gifts that I didn't even know I had, um, yeah. you know, that God had put in me and he knew that he had given them to me, but, um, through this job, he's given me the opportunity, um, by his grace to, to put them to work for, um, something that not very many people get to do, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and I'm surrounded by, um, a group of people who, you know, I get to do this with, mm-hmm. um, that love the Lord and, and love each other and love to have a good time and yeah. try not to take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Um, and you know, that group is really second to none. And so it's just been such a blessing to yeah. get to do that and to do something that I love with people that I love, um, to take, you know, my, my gifts and, and my passions and to put them to work for God's purpose um, is just an awesome thing that I get to do. Um, yeah. And so it's cool to look back, you know, from over college and see how I've been brought to this point. Yeah. Even though, you know. I love that. I think that's one of my favorite things about you is that every talent that you have, you use it to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're sitting behind a computer screen or you are up on the stage playing the keys or the guitar, like mm-hmm. you always use it to glorify the Lord. And I love that. So we're going to jump into your Hope Over Hype story. So I just want to start out with a question of what is a promise of God that you hold on to? Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I think 
like I said, deep down, um, for me, there was this, there's always been this drive, this desire, craving to be seen and known and recognized as a success, Mm -hmm. um, a desire to be enough. Um, and, and I think when I look at what God has to say to me, um, what he speaks over me, what he sings over me. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I hold on to the most is that I could never be enough. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm more messed up than I would have ever imagined. But through him, by his grace, um, he has said, this is what you're worth to me. You know, every time that I doubt what my value is, um, I look back and see a wooden cross and a borrowed tomb. And yeah. he says, this is how much it meant. Mm. Um, this is how valuable you were to me. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I talked about that desire for achievement to be mm. seen as a success. Um, and, you know, I think for, we talk about hope over hype. You know, that success, Mm -hmm. that desire, that craving for the hype has just been woven into my being. Yeah. Um, And, you know, to take a step back of, you know, 23 years and ask, like, how did it get there? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of ways to explain something like that. There's an author who I really love um, named named John Eldridge, Mm -hmm. and he talks about there's three defining aspects of our souls Mm -hmm. um and there's these three things that each of us have um the first one is a really great wound Mm -hmm. um and out of that great wound comes the second which is a really deep question and then the third is what i'll call um the pursuit yeah um chasing after an answer to that question that has risen out of the wound. Um, and so for me, like looking back, you know, how did I become, why do I crave success so much? Why do I want to be seen as an achievement as, or, you know, as someone who has achievements or is good enough at X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, honestly, I kind of look back over my life and, and I see, Hey, you know, I, I grew up without a father figure in my life, I didn't have this relationship with my dad that I wanted. You know, I had a relationship with him. Yeah. He was there. We talked and, and you, know, um, you know, we had a lot of great times, but he wasn't yeah. what I wanted. He wasn't yeah. what I craved, what I, what I needed. Yeah. And so for me, um, looking at that wound, like that wound is named fatherlessness. And, and it left me feeling honestly like I wasn't worthy of having a father mm, yeah. I wasn't good enough it wasn't the circumstances or the situation it was me like I just wasn't enough mm. and you know every wound has that question right and and so just like everyone else I was constantly asking why was I not good enough like what was it about me that wasn't worth staying for and yeah. being in my life yeah and even though I didn't really consciously recognize that I was asking myself those things right like that wound 
and that question were just there like silently shaping um every aspect of my being yeah um they were pervasive and and as i as i was growing up that made such a big difference Mm -hmm. in my life and, and in the ways that i apply myself and and you know every question demands an answer yeah um and so i found myself constantly engaged and consumed by this pursuit Mm -hmm. to try to find um the answer and and, you know everyone's answer to a question and you know i'm not the only one certainly who has ever had that question yeah and everybody's answer is going to look different but i think honestly whenever any of us is faced with great adversity our answer to it is going to fall on this spectrum from achievement to apathy. Yeah. You know, I can either earn my way out of this or I just ignore it and pretend like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, when I looked at the question, you know, why was I not good enough? You know, I just told myself if I can earn enough success, if I can get the grades, get the achievements, have the relationships, um, be the best. Mm-hmm win the trophies yeah then i'll be able to prove to myself or or really prove to my father Mm -hmm. that i am good enough and i was good enough Mm -hmm. um and so that pursuit of achievement um really dominated every aspect of my life as i was growing up and and the chase of success really marked my desires Mm -hmm. and my motivations for everything that i really applied myself to so you know, school and relationships and religion especially mm-hmm. yeah. became how can I be good enough, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. um, but more than anything, it was it was in sports, it was in athletics. Yeah. Um, you know, if I can post this stat line, I was a, I was a goalkeeper, if I can make these saves, yeah. um, if I can grow up, if I can win, this, win that state title beyond yeah. this team or, or then, you know, play in college, whatever it was. Yeah that's what's going to be able to answer my question and that's what's going to heal that wound and so i did and it didn't yeah um you know the hype didn't do what it promised to do yeah um but thankfully um you know by god's grace all of that changed when it got taken away yeah um my my freshman year i got into college and and my sister played division three volleyball in college and so I said I've got to play division one this is I've got to you know I've got to be yeah I can't just be good enough I've got to be the best and and um so I came to Gardner-Webb it was um it was the best you know division one offer that I had and um showed up and I was you know determined to just keep on living that life if Mm -hmm. I'm going to be good enough I'm going to be the best yeah um get through uh preseason freshman year get through mm. the last day of three days and um had a, a an accident in training a teammate had we had this collision and i came down um with the last what would be the last um mm-hmm. concussion yeah and um and so that looked like it was going to be six months before i was allowed to play again and if it happened you know, another serious um, injury like that happened again, then we were looking at some really serious problems. And so uh, I didn't care because everything was about, can I 
achieve? Can I be the best? Can I be the success? Yeah. Um, and so I tried to come back. Um, I tried to hold on to it. And through a lot of, you know, a lot more things that happened over the course of that year and, and, and in my life. And, um, you know, medically, I realized I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. There is some, somebody trying to take this away from me. Yeah. And um, I don't like it, but I can't hold on to it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think through that, um, through being willing to let go. Um, even though I, I didn't want to, yeah. um, you know, injury and, and, and doubts and confusions and mm-hmm. a lot of other things. Um, I realized that all this time I had taken what was given to me to be a good thing mm-hmm. and turned it into an ultimate thing, mm-hmm. turned it into something that it was never supposed to be. Yeah. I realized, you know, there was a God-sized hole in my life, in my heart, and in my soul, and there was no trophy that was ever going to be able to fill something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No achievement and no success, and and the pursuit never brought any peace Mm. because only the Prince of Peace can do that. And and through that process... um, you know, I, I started to realize that the hype wasn't what it was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and, and we could talk about that for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but through, you know, the, the community that I had, mm. um, through the guidance of a lot of father figures that have been put in place yeah. over the years, um, I was able to start to see that the hype that I was chasing that I had made ultimate would never be able to heal the hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Only the great healer, only a true and, and good father would be able to do that. Yeah. And so he was there to tell me that I was good enough through him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I didn't have to try to be good enough for him. I was mm-hmm. good enough through him. Yeah. And like I said, every every time that I I doubted my worth, because this thing that I I poured my entire life into saying, if I'm good enough at soccer, then I'm good enough. Yeah. And then so- suddenly soccer was taken away. Yeah. And I was left with no nowhere else to turn. But I was able to to see through all of that that the next time I doubted my worth, there was a cross mm-hmm. and an empty tomb. Yeah. That said, this is how valuable you are as a son of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm your father and you are enough, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. Yeah. Um, and, and being able to hold on to that promise that you are worthy, you are valuable, you are a success Yeah. to, to come back to that word. Not because you've achieved anything. Mm-hmm. You haven't won a victory. Yeah. You haven't earned anything. I've just given it to you. Yeah. And now all you have to do is take it Mm -hmm. and I think the whole my whole life I had spent with this clenched fist held so tightly on the little trophies and the little success that I had earned Mm -hmm. that I was never able to set them down and open my hands to grab on to what was what I was really looking for oh yeah um and being able to see 
you know, the hype wasn't going to satisfy. I had to put my hope in something yeah. greater. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the going, walking through that story is what has really changed me mm-hmm. and um, brought me to this place where yeah. I am in life now. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, I want to ask you, um, kind of based off of Psalm 71, what has God delivered you from that causes you to have hope, that causes you to praise Him mm-hmm. more and more? You know, I, I think um, being able to see that, for me, my whole life, all I had ever been doing was chasing after my own praise. Yeah. Um first the fact that he was able to show me that my own praise is no praise at all it's not worth anything it always fades and it never says what it's you know never does what it says it's going to do um you know so showing me that i'm not what i thought i was yeah and then beyond that showing me that he is so much more than i thought he was yeah you know being able to really see the cross isn't just a Sunday school story. Yeah. You know, it speaks into all of the the darkness and the doubts that creep up those nights that you're not able to sleep and you really start asking yourselves those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, the cross says, I know the world around you says you're not enough. Yeah. I know the circumstances and the situations you've gone through says that you're not enough. Yeah. And the truth is that it's right. You're not enough yeah. on your own. Yeah. But I saw you and I know you and I love you and I love you enough that this is what I did about it. Yeah. And so you look back at the cross and you see that God himself wanted to redeem me out of those broken things that were speaking in and you know speaking death into me. Mm. And and not only did he want to save me but he wanted to welcome me into this relationship and and show me who he really is. Mm -hmm. And so the more that you see him for who he is, you can't help but praise. And the more you praise, the more you see who he really is. And you get rescued out of this cycle of of doubt and shame Mm -hmm. and picked up, not because of anything you did, simply by grace and placed down into this new cycle of seeing God and responding in praise. Oh, yeah. Um, and even even still, you want to run back to that first cycle. You still mm-hmm. think you're good enough. You still think you can do it. And he's always there to bring you back in. His arms are always open to bring you back in. And, and the more you see that and recognize that, you can't do anything but praise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that, how it's like a constant delivering of mm-hmm. you. It's not this... I mean, it is sometimes like this one moment of deliverance, yeah. but always it's this constant of him coming back mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I love you, and yeah. this is what I want for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. Um, so one of my favorite phrases is, Jesus is worth everything that you're afraid of losing, and that has really challenged me over the years as I like to sit with that and think, like, what am I afraid of losing? Mm-hmm. But also, like, why is Jesus worth it? So why is Jesus worth it to you? You know, I think I think for me, um, it, it all kind of comes back to what we've talked about so far is that my story was one um, of never-ending pursuit 
-hmm. right? It was yeah. always about chasing the next trophy, the next success, the next achievement. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was losing everything that I thought that I wanted. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. There were a lot of times that in the midst of it, you can't see the shore mm -hmm. over the storm. Yeah. You can't, you can't see why you're getting pushed and pulled in this certain way. But <clears throat> when I was able, you know, through God's grace to look back and, and see he doesn't take things away from you for fun. Yeah. He doesn't just see, okay, you really like this one thing, so I'm going to yank it away. Yeah. And then I'm going to laugh. He does it because he realized, like I said, you know, my my fist was so tightly clenched on the trophies that I could earn, the way that people saw me, the successes, the achievements that I thought I wanted, mm -hmm. that I thought would satisfy. Yeah. And I was hanging over this cliff, you know, grasped onto a rope that was breaking yeah. that was just going to snap and, and leave me to fall. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he wanted me to let go of those things, the reason why he wanted me to lose those things wasn't so that I would, I would fall, mm -hmm. but so that my hands would be open. I could grab onto something that could actually pull me back up. Sure. Um, and so being able now to look back over my life and see, you know, that that, first of all, that the rope was always there. Yeah. And it took me 21 years to be able to let go of what I was holding on to yeah. and, and grab onto it. You know, being able to see that says... If he was there through all of that, he's not going anywhere mm -hmm. from now on. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, I was I'm, I'm able to say, okay, the things that I wanted so badly and I thought were good for me, yeah. um, that I had turned into these ultimate things in my life that they were never meant to be, being able to have those taken out of my hands mm -hmm. and have to grab onto something else. I've experienced that loss. Yeah. I've experienced having those things taken away. And I'm certainly not alone. I, I mean, you know, everybody who has, who has seen the goodness of God would be able to say the same thing. Oh, yeah. Like you were saying, yeah. Jesus is worth everything that you're afraid of losing. Mm -hmm. But when, you, when you've had that rope taken out of your hands, when you've, when you've let go, whether you wanted to or not, and grabbed onto the one thing that's strong enough to hold you and support you and pull mm -hmm. you back out of that. Yeah then you can see no matter what comes from here on out, I'm rooted and I'm secure in knowing that through God's grace, I am good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fight to achieve and succeed my way to the top. Yeah. My, my worth, my value isn't defined in the way I look, the grades I get, the way I dress, the friends that I have, the success I have on the soccer field, um, whatever else it might be. Yeah. But it's rooted and secure in not that I'm holding the rope, mm -hmm. but in who's holding it at the top and mm -hmm. pulling me back up. Yeah. Um, and so just looking back over my life, I can see, yeah, you know, Jesus is Jesus is worth letting go. Yeah. And he's worth holding on to. Yeah. Because he's the only thing who can support you. Yeah.
So based on your life experience and walk with Jesus, what is something that you would tell people that are listening uh, to encourage them or challenge them? Yeah. Um, so I talked about this kind of through my story and um, to steal from, from a guy named John Eldridge, I, whose stuff I would definitely re- recommend, especially if your story is anything like mine. Um, but he talks about Right, the the three things that we all have in our souls, mm-hmm. um, our our wound, um, you know, which looks like, you know, it looks like divorce, it looks like death, um, it looks like, you know, um, abuse, you know, any any great brokenness that has hurt you, you know deeply mm-hmm. um you know i think we all have that and then out of it comes right this question that we ask and a lot of times it looks like you know why did this happen to me yeah. what did i do to deserve this why am i not good enough to have my father around why was my life worth so little that somebody thought they could just abuse me take advantage of me mm-hmm. whatever it might be you look at your wound and there's always this question that comes along with it. And then finally there's, you know, like I said, every question demands an answer. And, and, you know, when you see a question like that, you know, something so deep about yourself, you're going to devote your life to answering it, whether you know that's what you're doing or not. Yeah. And so for me, um, I had lived my entire life that way without realizing it. And there came a time when I first read that, when I first, um, I think it was, I think it was in a video that I saw actually before I'd read it. But when I first heard that, that idea, it, it awakened me to everything that I had let myself be enslaved to without Mm -hmm. knowing. And so in the silence, I was living under these, these chains of, of a wound, which, you know, I didn't. You know, I didn't necessarily do it to myself, yeah. but it was done and, and it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and out of it, out of all the questions that I had, I was wondering, you know, why was I not good enough? There was that question that was just so deep and was pervading through my thoughts. And, and I had given myself over to this pursuit of being able to answer it on my own mm-hmm. so that the wondering and the doubt and the questions would go away. And I thought that I could do it myself. And, and it wasn't until that I was really able to sit down and, you know, and be told this sort of stuff, you know, to hear it and then to actively engage with it mm-hmm. um, that things started to shift for me. Yeah. Um, and so I would say anybody, you know, if there's anybody who's listening to this, if you have never sat down and physically written out, this is what the wound in my life is. Mm-hmm. Um, then you need to do that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, anything, you know, any infection is going to thrive when it's not being treated. Yeah. Um, but the moment you put it up to the light, you can start to figure out, okay, this is what's going on. And... And this is what needs to be done about it, right? So yeah. so I would say, you know, first thing tonight, 
today, sit down and write out whatever it is. Think back over your life. And you might not be able to figure it out on the first try. You might Mm -hmm. have to think and and you're going to have to pray and really consider. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the wound that is just so deep in my soul. And out of that wound comes this question. Um, You know, physically write out. You know, it doesn't have to be worded perfectly. It doesn't have to be uh, anything special, but physically write out. This is the question that has been ruling over my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of that, try to look back at your life. What are, you know, what are your tendencies? What are the things that you do without wanting to do? Mm-hmm. The things that you can't stop doing that you want to stop doing? Because those are going to give you some clues to how have I made up my mind to try to answer this question, right? What is the pursuit that I've gone on? Mm-hmm to try to be able to answer this question that came out of this wound on my own. Um, and then, you know, recognize those things and then bring them to God yeah. is the first thing. Yeah. Being able to say, God, like, there is something deeply, deeply broken inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus Jesus said um, that he didn't, it's not the well, or it's not the healthy that need a doctor, right? It's the sick. And so we've mm-hmm. got to recognize the brokenness inside ourselves Mm -hmm. and give that to God so that he can start the process of healing and then bring the question before him and say, God, this is the question that I can't seem to answer no matter how hard I try. I need to hear what you have to say to it. Um, And then as he starts to speak that truth into you, you need to bring that to others, right? That's why community is so important. We are never meant to live this life alone. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing that was wrong with creation at the beginning was that Adam was alone. Yeah. That man was alone. And, and we were never meant, even before sin, we were never meant to live life alone. And mm-hmm. now that sin has come in and, and brought so much brokenness, mm-hmm. so much more do we need the truth that believers can bring mm-hmm. and, and to be reminded through them of, of the goodness we got, especially in these deep areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't recommend like, putting that on your Instagram bio or just sending it out mm-hmm. to, to in text messages, but find those people who you trust and who you know are pursuing the Lord and can speak the truth back into you, mm-hmm. the goodness of God's grace and, and um, the steadfastness of his love, um, who you can bring that wound to, you know, if, if you've never told anybody about that wound, about that hurt, mm-hmm. it's just going to keep growing yeah. and it's going to keep getting worse. And even if you know the enemy is going to want to tell you, you're the only one that this has ever happened to. You're the only one that struggles with this. You're the only one who feels this way. It's all on you. Mm-hmm. And if you tell anybody about it, they're going to run away. They're going to be scared. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you have a community of people who love you um, because they love the Lord, oh, yeah. um, they're going to be able to speak that truth of God's grace and, and His healing to you. Um, and then beyond that, they're going to be able to to push you towards the truth mm-hmm. in, in really real, um, practical ways. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's 
things in the way that you're trying to answer your question that aren't good for you, they're going to be able to um, bring accountability yeah. and, um, and, and through that accountability start to bring some, some healing into you. And they're going to be able to pray for you, right? Like in mm-hmm. James, yeah. um, James 5, it talks about how the prayers of the righteous men have great power. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up that reference since last time, uh, so I know where it came from. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you think, well, well, what good does it do? Well, literally, we see James, the brother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He would know. Yeah. He has experienced himself, the healing power of Jesus. And, and he says, hey, the people who have the Spirit of God, when they come before God with your burdens as well, mm-hmm. that's when you can start experiencing his healing. Oh, yeah. And so you need to get real with yourself. You need to figure out, hey, what are these wounds? What is what are these questions? How am I trying to answer them? And then you need to get real with others yeah. so that they can know where you are with all those things too. And mm-hmm. you can all come together before the Lord to be reminded and to remind each other of his grace, his love, and his power to heal yeah. and, and to bring hope over all of the hype that you're chasing. Yeah, that's so good. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that in your heart. Um, I told you this before, like after we had our first conversation about this, that my specific prayer was that we would walk away from this even more in awe of Mm. God. And like when I re-listened to our first conversation and even just sitting here right now, like that is a prayer that God has specifically Mm. answered. Mm. And I am just amazed at how God has worked in your life, in your heart, and how you are so willing to share and to speak truth and to challenge people. And I think that that's really incredible. Um, but the last question that I want to ask is a fun yeah. one. It's my favorite question to ask is what would your walk-up song be? Just like 30 seconds of a yeah. song that gets you insanely hyped. So I think the best answer, my walk-up <laughs> song is actually my walk-out song. Yeah. If by the grace of God I ever get married, then the non the only non-negotiable that I'm bringing into this whole planning process is when the officiant pronounces us as husband and wife, mm-hmm. he does so with the drum solo from Toto's Africa <laughs> playing behind him. Mm-hmm. So if you would just like pause, if you would just say, I now pronounce you, just like say that as if you were... Oh, I now pronounce you. It's gonna take a while to So, and that's that's the that's what's yes. yeah. I love that. So if so my walk up song right yeah. Yeah. is my walk out song. Oh, gotcha. But if it was actually if it had to be like a walk up song, then I don't know, like like something from, uh, like like maybe Daphne Blue from the Bank Camino or something yeah. like that. Great song. I am so thankful for Andrew and for his willingness to share. He spoke so much truth, and I was incredibly challenged by the conversations that we had. I would also like to give him a little shout out because he has helped me a lot through this process, given me a lot of great advice and been very patient with me in all of my questions about technology. And honestly, I don't think that I would have been able to do it without him. He truly is one of the greatest people that I know. And so reach out to him and let him know how this impacted you. I know that he would love to have a conversation with you about it. 
But thank you again for listening to Hope Over Hype. We will be back again next week with a new episode. So continue to share this with your friends and have conversations with your circles of influence. And we will see you again next week.